Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome back. This is uh, episode 26, podcast 26. So I am halfway to my goal of producing 52 weekly podcasts. Um, so a year. Um, it will last a little bit longer than the calendar year because I started in January. Um, roughly didn't start exactly on the first week of January. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're, this is halfway there. Um, so I'm excited, um, for those that are still listening or maybe those who are listening for the first time. Uh, so glad to have you. Uh, my name is Paul and, and, uh, I put out this every week, uh, once a week, just talking about Jesus. Um, and this week we're just going to continue talking about, um, the idea of unity um, a little bit, but also get into uh, a little bit about what that means um, as a follower of Jesus and uh, try to, to deep dive on a little bit of stuff. Um, yeah, everything I do is just kind of stream of consciousness. And so uh, as I talk about it, you may have noticed that if you're a long time listener is that sometimes I say I'm going to talk about something and then I don't get back to it uh, because I have moved on to something else. So um, yeah, so we're just going to, this episode is going to be um, titled something like, uh, are we any different or we're different? Uh, something along those lines, because I want to, uh, the last part of the, the podcast will definitely be talking about a quote that I heard uh, going through Instagram Reels um, this week, and I wanted to, to highlight that. But uh, also just want to continue just talking a little bit about Unity um, that, I, that I started with last week's episode. So um, continue talking about that and thinking about that. Uh, hope that uh, you are blessed by that. Uh, don't forget, you can leave comments or questions at uh, the Unbroken Ground forward slash or sorry, facebook.com forward slash the unbroken ground, or an email is the unbroken ground uh, at gmail.com. And also on Instagram, you can find me there. I uh, hope that you're having a blessed day, a blessed time whenever you're listening to this. Uh, thank you for joining us, and let's jump in. So last week, we I started with the idea about thinking about unity and, and uh what what does that look like and and uh, how that works and um, how that how that kind of works in the church about being unified and and along those lines about how you would even do that how does Jesus do that and and things with like authority and stuff like that and and I think it's important uh, to have just a, a mature take on things is to to really kind of. Do a little bit of deep dive, and I'm not going to go through all the scholarly resources that you possibly could want to go through, but just a general understanding about the development of Christianity. I think that um, a lot of people don't have that. It's not something generally that um, we teach um, from the pulpit. So like if, if all you've ever done is listen to sermons, if you've never really read about it, I mean, it's even that, it's, it's, it's um, usually in kind of more... Um, uh, stuffy um, theolo- theological doctrine books. Uh, and so the average uh, believer uh, has never really um, dealt with that. Uh, now, there, there are things that they... So, so I'll just kind of give you an example of what I'm talking about here so that so you guys can understand about, about what I'm saying. Um, and then we'll, we'll delve into that a little bit deeper. And so one of the things I've, I've greatly shared about or shared about before is that I grew up in the South and I grew up in a Baptist church. And um, my, uh, so again, we're talking about things like culture and things. And so culture is a lot of times the things that are 
that exist, but no one really talks about, um, or no one explicitly. A lot of times, it's not even explicitly expressed, but it's understood. Um, it is in the uh, the things we don't talk about. It is in the way we talk about certain things, and so. Uh, one of the things that, that growing up in the South, even through my college years, um, being part of the Baptist Church, there was definitely this this com, uh, conviction, this uh, certainty that uh, Baptist had the most um, had the most ideas about theology correct, about ideas about God correct. Now. That being said, we do have to understand that within the, faith, the, the denomination of Baptists, there are different types. And so specifically, um, I was most of the time dealing with Southern Baptists. And so Southern Baptists um, would say that they had the correct understanding of who Jesus is and how he wants us to live. Um, the closest, the, uh, you know, all the things that you could want to know about God um, as a theology, we were... Um, batting, you know, as close to a thousand as anybody could. Uh, and, and so what it led to, what it created, at least for me, um, and, and probably for some, some other people, although maybe uh, unique to me and the way that I thought about it, but what it led to is just this idea that, that I was very suspicious of other churches. Um, because, you know, if you have this idea that um, salvation is based upon the right understanding and then the right living, too, we can't forget that um, the way that, that you showed that you had the right understanding was demonstrated in the things that you didn't do or the things that you were against or the people that you didn't like. Um, so since, you, we, again, this culture you're creating is that you're saying, like, here's how you belong. And so you say all the right things. You believe all the right things. You you act in all the right ways. You get to stay. And, and anybody who doesn't fit into that um, kind of falls to the wayside. And so, so when you think about this idea that then there are other denominations um, that have very different uh, ideas about um, uh, Christianity and and uh, the way that uh, church is done uh, the the structure of church um, what it what it led to um, whether uh, overtly or just part of the the idea of developing culture is it led to the idea that um, Everybody else was suspect. Um, was suspect. They, uh, you couldn't. You if they didn't. If they weren't Baptist, then it was kind of like, well, they may have some things right, but they don't have the majority of things right. Um, so even if you just take something um, that is uh, both uh, uniquely symbolic and deeply meaningful um, in the idea of salvation, which is baptism. Uh, so, so if you take like if you so Southern Baptist, so I grew up in this. The, the the idea is that is believers' baptism. So you don't get baptized until you've made a confession of of faith in Jesus Christ. And now, side note, we're going to go off on a rabbit trail here. Um, the idea, the the idea that we developed uh, somewhere along the roads, so we developed this idea that there was this prayer that we prayed, and and it was part of um, most of the language of every church service that we had. So very much in the the language of of uh, Billy Graham and, and the, this idea that if you just ask Jesus into your heart, make Him Lord of your life, then you you have received salvation. And so once you do that, or once you have said the prayer, once you've and really it, it was kind of symbolic, especially in Baptist life, that once you walk down the aisle to the front of the church, spoke to the pastor, said the prayer, 
then you got baptized and that was that that was the recognition recognition of the salvation that you had um and and so that was the correct way to do that and so it's called believer's baptism you can only get baptized if you're a believer uh and there's no other way to do that and it's in baptism by immersion unless there are some mitigating circumstances you know somebody who can't be immersed uh, then you might you might figure something else out but um that was quote unquote um the right way um and if you were to ask most people the baptist people i, I grew up with and around um they would say it's the only way so if you take that and you contrast that to another denomination, so let's say like Presbyterian or Lutheran or Methodist, um, and you have this idea that when a baby enters into the congregation, then he they be, they get baptized, not into salvation necessarily, but into the care and the logic care of the church, and so that the infant baptism, so instead of believer's baptism, you're, you're baptizing this baby, but the, the idea is that you are dedicating them to the church, and the church is dedicating themselves to that, and, and it's actually some very beautiful language and symbolic imagery in that, um, and then at a later time, they have this, this time where they, when they have a confession of faith, um, you have this kind of, you've, you set up this kind of um, crossroads where um, two different uh, denominations that, that, that read the same Bible, that believe in the same God, that, that believe in the same Jesus, um, have come to a very different way of expressing their faith. And so the very natural human thing to do um, is to uh, basically be like the other person's wrong. Uh, we're right, they're wrong. And so I, I think that uh, in general, what you would say if you have a, someone who has a, uh, been a Presbyterian all their life and they've always believed that and they don't have, they don't question anything, that they would say generally the same thing. Like you, um, you know, you you um, you Baptist who believe in believers' baptism, um, you know, it's good, it's fine. Uh, but it's it's not the way it should be done. Uh, it's it can be done, uh, but it's not the way it should be done. And and what's crazy um, for me to think about this um, is the idea that uh, there was even a movement, especially in the early 40s and 50s, 60s, early 1900s, in the Christian Church, the the Church of Christ, uh, that believed that they were the only ones who had the true theology, and so they actually believed that they would be the only ones to go to heaven because they were the only ones who had the true baptism. And 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 you had like Baptist, which is crazy because their Baptist is in their name, and and yet they were less. Um, uh, gung-ho about baptism than the Church of Christ is. Uh, Church of Christ is like you get baptized, you get saved, and then and then when you get baptized, that's when it, you know it's it's taken effect. Um, it was very much this idea that that they wouldn't. I mean, they wouldn't necessarily come out and say that. Uh, I have a pastor friend who who uh, in, in sermons has basically said that, and then you and then afterwards you're like, so what you're saying is this, and he's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But the language he's using is that the very idea that salvation is conferred with baptism. It's very important that you get baptized um, because the followers, that's what Jesus did. Jesus got baptized. The followers of Jesus got baptized. The, um, so they're like, you, you got to do it. And, and so you have all of these. Um, and, and so uh, what you have then is um, some, some very uh, unique situations because you have people who believe who are reading the same text who are are um all have a, a really a, a similar starting point um and we'll talk about that in just a second again to get off into but what you have then is this idea that these two ideas can't coexist 
Um, so one person must be wrong, and the other person maybe must be right. And there may be a degrees to wrong. Like we would go, oh well, the Presbyterians are wrong, but it's not the wrongness of um, salvation because their salvation is still based on following Jesus and accept and, and making Jesus Lord of the life. And so, Lord is your life and, and King of your heart, and and that kind of. Uh, understanding is still fits within like say the Baptist understanding um, we just disagree about when you ought to get baptized um, and the Presbyterian might say well we don't agree about this whole waiting until you're a believer um, and and you, you just you miss out on this experience of uh, basically bringing a child into the church and and so um, you and I'm not very I'm not a very strong Presbyterian so I apologize for any Presbyterians that might be listening I don't want to over understate your theology but basically you would say well, you guys aren't wrong wrong but you're just a little off um, and um, what's and so what's crazy and again this is my personal experience. Um, what I find uh, extremely interesting and, and also extremely concerning sometimes is that um, it led to this idea that Protestant co- uh, congregations couldn't work together. And, and I'm not just saying that as like a, as a theory. Um, when I was, I was working at a, a church when I was in seminary, I was a youth minister. I wanted to take the youth group up to go um, work in Colorado. I had spent uh, part of my journey is I spent two, two summers in Lake City, Colorado, working for a bed and breakfast there. And one of the things that we did while we were there, because we were trying to figure out what it meant to be a bed and breakfast in a ministry, and, and, uh, and there's some amazing things about that. But um, one of the things that uh, I did while I was there was, was help lead in Bible school. And so I was like, yeah, I want to go back and I want to take kids um, to go um, lead this Bible school. And uh, the pastor at the time, uh, who was very staunch Southern Baptist, um, had some very uh, specific um, beliefs about um, other denominations, and he was like, "You can't do it. It wouldn't work." Um, and and uh, and I and I and I just. I didn't understand, and I was like, "Okay, you're the pastor. You make you make that call. I'm not happy about it, but okay." Um, and I think what's what I I guess in the back of my mind, I was like, "I don't I don't think that um, at Vacation Bible School, we would be doing much other than telling biblical stories, uh, talking about Jesus and Jonah and the fish and uh, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or or whatever stories we might tell." I, I don't think that we'd be you know, debating on whether uh, infant baptism is, an, is, a, is a good theological practice or not, or whether believer's baptism is better, I don't think we'd be having that debate. Um, and, and as a, a ministry to these kids in this town who just need to know about Jesus, really, um, it, was, it, it seemed like a, a, a poor reason to not go and serve. Um, and, and so, so, all right, so that is the background of what I want to talk about. So just this idea that, hey, um, we, we have now, uh, where we're at uh, with the theology that we have, and theology is, is just simply what we believe about God, and everybody has a theology. 
everybody practices theology. Everybody has things that they believe about God, and everybody bases their life on things they believe about God. You, even if you're, even if somebody says they're an atheist, they have a theology. Their thought about God is that he doesn't exist. And so they live out that theology then by saying that I'm, I'm finding some other uh, way to, to, to guide my life, uh, not, not, not deity-driven, um, just humus, humanistic or whatever it might be, but it's still a theology because it's, it's thoughts about God. And so everybody has thoughts about God. Everybody, everybody has this idea um, and we all practice it, um, and we all have thoughts, we all think about it, it's a part of the human condition, but then we also have a system that we create or we live out. Sometimes it's consistent, sometimes it's not. If you, if you spend more time in your church, you, you begin to get what's a systematic theology uh, that you develop. Um, and so, yeah, so, so it, it is, everybody has these thoughts. And so, um, but... As, as a Christian, a lot of times, we very rarely ever stop and think, where does my theology come from, and why do I believe what I believe? Um, and sometimes it's just simply, um, this is what the pastor taught. This is what my Sunday school teacher taught. This is what my, the person who discipled me, this is what they taught. Um, and so when we go back to the Bible and we read things uh, that don't agree or don't fit into that theology, we either push them aside or, or we uh, struggle. Um, because we're like, well, I believe this, but I've just read this in the Bible, and I don't know if that's the same thing, or what does that mean, or how does that relate, or how does that fit into my understanding of who God is? Um, and and I think, uh, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a truth, I think, that we have to remember and express here is that, that God is so big and, and mysterious that um, I think we can only know parts. Uh, f- we can only know him fully in parts. Um I, Paul describes it in the Bible as this. He says it's like it's like staring into a mirror dimly. Uh, the the glasses doesn't reflect just as clear as we would like. We can only see a glimpse. We only get a vague sense of who God is, because God is so immense and massive, and He's bigger than any of our thoughts, and He's bigger than we could even try to imagine. And heaven and all those things are are greater and higher um, because because that is the case. Um, we we struggle with. Um, just, just thinking about and understanding who God is. Um, so all attempts at theology are um, finite in their attempts because they're, they're by humans who have finite resources, finite brains, and things like that. So, but to, be, to have a mature understanding, I think it's important that we understand the history of where things come from um, because I think that that will help us um, see something that's beautiful. And so one of the things that I think is beautiful about unity is is the word of God, um, is the Bible. And, and the reason I say that is because um, it's amazing that um, it's a miracle, it is a, a work of God, um, that, that, that we have what we have and that it's, it's applicable and has been applicable um, for as long as it is and will continue to be. Um, and so what I mean by that is the Bible, the word of God, was meaningful to the people who heard it at the time. So even if you take a book like Revelation, which is a book um, that's got some very future-sense themes in it, but it also meant something to the people that were hearing it. Even if it was just a preparation for what might come in the future, it had meaning for the first hearers, and it has meaning for us. The words of Jesus had meaning for the people who who heard it during that time, and it continues to have meaning for us. And, And I... and. 
one of the things that we have done here in the last 200 years um, is that we've actually, and, and really since like 19, the 1900s, the early 1900s, when archaeology became a thing, um, is that we had one, one translation of the Bible generally um, that was kind of ubiquitous, which was the, the King James Version, which of course has all the these and thous and yees and yeas um, and some words that we just simply don't understand anymore. And it was a very decent translation. But what has happened is that we've actually uncovered more original text um, that we've able to, to verify and, and substantially um, the King James Version um, with all of its these and thous um, was was similar to the original text. There's some passages that are different. There's some things that very few things, very few parts that are that are slightly different. Um, but by and by, um, the Bible that we have um, relates back to the original text, and and we have so many of those. Uh, and again, I don't want to get into all the details. If you if you want to know about um, a lot of that, you can read the case for for Christ by Lee Strobel. He goes into a lot of the research for how many texts we have. But one of the things that we've done then is being able to have better um, resources and better translations and better understand some things. Uh, and so we've put out new versions, the new international version, um, one of the first that came out, but the new American standard. Um, and they're all different and they all have a little different feel to them. So this is not a discussion on different <laughs> uh, versions of the Bible. Although if you're interested about that, let me know and I can do a, probably do a whole podcast on it. But um, but but where does some of the things that, that we that we feel believe theologically um, come from? And I think one of the things we have to admit is that some of our doctrine, our theology, is a uh, is something that we have taken and um, from and we have leaned on what we know about God in the Bible and 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 pulled that out into um, things that we can understand. Um, and what's amazing is is that. Uh, we have um, a lot of different denominations, but but we all have some very basic things that we all agree on. Um, and so, even though we are somewhat fractured in in our some of the minutia of what we believe and some of the, we all have the same basic idea, um, and that is about a savior, Jesus, who lived, he died, and was resurrected, and that he created the only way to heaven. Um, and, and that, by and far, a, ma- a vast majority of um, your Christian denominations are going to agree on. Uh, and so I think it actually is um, more, um, I guess, insightful and unique to think about this idea that, that we have all this room, all these different thoughts that, that swirl around. We have all this room, and yet, in a lot of ways, we're unified in that one place. Um, now, we differ greatly. Uh, and some of the things that exist. Uh, so, like, for example, as I was talking about early Baptist, we don't hold, there's no sacraments, everything is a symbol. And so um, we, we have uh, the, uh, the baptism and the Lord's Supper um, communion. Those are not um, actual um, rituals. They are, they are rituals, but they, they're, they're just symbols 
Um, they don't hold any um, what's sacramental. Uh, so the reason it's not sacramental is that it doesn't hold any salvation. Um, so if you don't get baptized, we don't believe it. So it's not we don't we don't have the belief that if you're not baptized, you can't be saved, or if you don't take in communion, you can't be saved. And so there are some things that that actually like the like some of the Roman Catholic Church would believe that that Christ's grace and salvation is actually given out through the priest through the sacrament through the sacraments. Um, and that's that's an approximation. That's that's not exactly what they believe. I mean, and, and again, I'm not a Catholic, so I don't want to offend anybody that is. Um, but but a little bit different, just in 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 form. Um, but but in general, it's all based on this idea that Jesus died and was resurrected. And so we have this unity um, that is that is more uniform. But it's just crazy because to think about this idea that we all, as Baptists, they would say we all have the same access to the same God. And if we all have the access to the same God, then um, we all read the Bible, uh, should all read the Bible. And as we all read the Bible, then then we should be able to make determinations. And what we've, we've found is that while there are some um, differing offshoots of things that people believe in the way that people serve and, and worship God, um, by and far, I think if you looked at it, um, we're going to be more unified than we are going to be distant. But I also think that there's some important um, differences, uh, some things that are just more important to others, and that that if we had a simple, one monolithic, unified understanding of Christianity and how it should be done, that we would not be able to be all to all people, all things, which was what Paul says. This is you can be all things to all people. It doesn't change the message of Jesus, but it does change who you reach. And so I want to. I, I just think that's an amazing thing when I think about unity and when I think about the idea that there's creativity within this unity and that unity doesn't mean uniformity. Um, and so I think it's just, it's it's evident in the amount of work, the amount of um, life change, the amount of um, uh, just glorious kingdom building that God has done through all the different denominations that it's just a reminder that uniformity is not unity, uh, and and it's not the only way. Um, and so uh, that, to me, as I talked about last week, is one of those really cool, important things about who Jesus is and who Christ is, is that he um, is is invites uh, many people in. Uh, it's it's a diverse it is it's a diverse unity um they're unified we're unified in a common purpose and common belief um but we don't all look the same we don't have to um and because that is not um the same we we could we don't we can there are some some places that you're just gonna you're like this is we all kind of this is our vibe this is we all look but but it doesn't have to be that way so that was a long, long rambling take on um, where theology comes from. And I, and I, I think it's interesting enough to think back through um, and realize that um, the Bible, even the Bible we have today, um, was voted on by men at a council um, on what got to stay and what got taken out. Uh, the, the, the Catholic Bible has more Bible, has more books than our than than the Protestant Bible, and then even the Protestant Reformation, which happened. Um, with Martin Luther and all the things that came out of that. So, you know, Lutherans and Presbyterians and Methodists and um, Church of Christ and Baptists and then the Pentecostal Church and then um, all of those came out of this uh, 
different ways that God worked in people's lives and people's hearts. And so while we still have this unity, um, like, like there are some, some very important things that we agree on that are, that are true and the same and we can't disagree on. So those are the main things. And for me, that's, that's that Jesus Christ was God. He was God's son. Uh, he lived on the earth. He died and he, re- he was resurrected. And that only through him is life. Um, when we agree on those, um, there's a lot of room that we can work um, with a lot of other people. But, but that main thing, um, we believe on those. And then, and then we differ in so many different ways. And, and there are so many different things and different traditions that, that, um, that pull other people in. Uh, and so I, I do think that's just part of who God is and his, his graciousness and his, his massive sense of, of who, who he is and what it means to follow him. Um, so, um, so I wanted to, to do a little follow up on that. And then I wanted to address, I, 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 I just something that's really stuck in my head. Um, so last couple of minutes here, I wanted to talk about this. I was listening, I was, I was scrolling through reels as one does on Instagram. And there was a guy that a lot of my reels are preacher themed because, well, that's the things I, I look at and like. And so, uh, the machine knows. And so it sends it to me. And so one of the things was there, I guess the guy who said, um, I talked, I talked to people I talk to people and they say, oh, I love my Christian friends. They're not any different than me. And, and I will say, I didn't finish. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to finish, I guess. Um, because it just made me, it started making, making me think about things. Um, and I wanted to, to not just, uh, think about what, whatever thought he had. Um, I, I think it's valid, uh, to think about this idea that, that as Christians, um, we should be different. Um, and I think that for the longest time, the way that has been expressed to me and my tradition and the, and the people that, um, you know, were in charge, uh, leading my church. Uh, and then as I led church for the longest time, I think that the most way the like when we thought about how we were different, the things that we thought about were, the things that we didn't do. Um, oh, well, Christians, oh, yeah, well, Christians, we're not going to, you know, use foul language or um, be all about the, the sexual revolution and, and the language that and all of that that that's included and, and, and being against those things. And so so our difference was in that we, we didn't join in what um, we would collectively call sin um, like the rest of the world. Uh, and so our difference was mostly that we were not like, uh, we were not like the rest of the world. Um, so, uh, when he says to, when the neighbors say, well, we love our Christian friends, they're just like us. Um, I think there's a, there's a natural or, or that first statement is to be like, well, uh, that's, that's, that's bad. This is bad. This is bad because, um, the world um, is supposed to hate you. Uh, that's what Jesus says. But I think we have to be very careful in that because what Jesus is talking about is this idea that the world hates us not because we are, um, you know, calling everybody out for their sin, uh, because we are um, declaring um, they're sinners, um, 
it, it the the Christian world might hate us because we're doing that. That's definitely got Jesus in trouble with the church when he was uh, with with the religious authorities when he would call them out for the things that they were doing, call them snakes and hypocrites and and whitewashed tombs. Um, they definitely hated him for that. Um, but um, Jesus was actually talking about this, and Peter Peter talks about it later too. He says, you know, live with such a life. That even when your enemies, even when they want to bring accusations against you, they can't. Um, because you, you live such a life that, that's so um, worthy of the name of Jesus that, that you're caring for people, that you're loving people, that you're, you're overly generous, that you are patient and kind, that, that you, um, you're so different. Not, not different because you um, are holier than thou. Um, although you should be holy, uh, it's not saying you shouldn't be holy, but not different because you let people know that you're holier than others, but, but you're different because you live life um, based on a different scale of value, and you live in a way that reflects who God is. Um, and so I think that I just really want to focus on the fact that I think, I think Christians should be loved, uh, I think they should be loved because I think they should live such a life that's full of generosity, that's full of uh, forgiveness, that's full of grace, that's full of kindness, that's full of all the things that Jesus says and that Paul says. He says, says love is patient, love is kind. It does not glorify in wrongdoing. It does not hold a grudge. And, it, and, and all of those things that if we lived lives that reflected that, the world would be blessed by us and that but but I think they would be challenged and I think that eventually they would not like us because um, when you live in such a way it awakens this uh, it awakens in people the understanding that there is a better way there is there is a difference in how you can live and and what happens when when you're when you're um, when you engage with a different way is that you have to decide what to do with it. Um, and one of the things that, that you can do is just basically get rid of it. And, and that's kind of what Peter was talking about. when he's like, live in such a way that when they bring you before the courts, they'll have nothing to say against you because your, your life will be blameless. It'll be pure. I, I mean, just, just imagine um, if, if you, you were so generous, you were so kind, you were so gracious, uh, you were the best neighbor, you were the, you were the people that people like, yeah, I love Christians, I want to be around them. Um, but you lived in such a way that the world would eventually get just, just tired of that. And, we, and they would want to move you on, to get rid of you. Um, because living in the light of that, living in the light, it says that, that when Jesus came into the world, he brought the, he brought the light and people didn't want to be in the light. So they, they ran for the darkness. It's, it's kind of like, um, you know, the old, uh, <laughs> trope of, um, coming home in a, you know, a, nasty old apartment and turn on the lights and uh, and all the cockroaches run everywhere because they don't want to be in the light and that's what happens when we live light lives full of light is that the darkness doesn't want to be around us and they they want to bring us down um and i think we've only got it half right in today's world we very much have become the people that people know what we're against uh they know what we won't do but but we're also not known for being overly kind or generous or gracious. 
you know, uh, again, this is much more of a, this is much more becoming um, something that people just say, and who knows if it's true anymore, but, um, but it, but at least was true, um, that the worst day for, uh, for uh, wait staff was on Sundays, uh, because after church groups didn't tip, they weren't generous, they, they weren't easy to serve, they weren't kind, they weren't, they didn't bring the, this joy that they were supposed to have. And, and I think that, um, I think that when you think about the idea that, oh, I love my Christian friends, they're not any different. The thing that makes me sad is not that they, is that they, they're, they're caught up in the same kind of stress, that they're caught up in the same kind of struggles that they, uh, that, that Christians deal with divorce and children who don't, um, uh, listen or obey and, and who, who struggle and who, who get in trouble and, um, rebel and, and they, and they deal with financial issues of spending too much or not saving enough or, or getting into crisis and they, but instead that, that's they they're no different than us. Instead, they would say, I love, I love my Christian friends because they're so generous. They're so kind. They care. They take, they, they go the extra mile. They, they, they love and encourage. Even when they're having a bad day, they, they take a moment to, to find a way to, to brighten mine. May we be known for that. May you find ways tomorrow and the rest of the week and the rest of your life to proclaim Christ's goodness by the way that you treat people. The way you love people, the way you care for people, the way you care for your family, the way you treat your family in public, and the way you treat your family behind closed doors, and the way you talk about people, the way you proclaim the goodness of God. May you be known for that. May you be known for what you are for and what you do, and not just what you're against. May God be, may God be so proclaimed by your life that like the prodigal who thinks back and he goes, even, even the worst of my father's servants don't have to eat pig slop. They like, he's like, I, I know where good is. May your life be like that. So those who come to rock bottom, who see, want something more, they go, I don't know. What all, what all Christians are for and against, but I know that my neighbor who proclaims Christ, they're the kind of person I want to be like or I want to live near me. I, I gotta go. I gotta go find out why. Why are they that way? Jesus says this to his followers. He says, "You will be known by your love. You'll be known by how you love one another." And so, I guess the question that weighs heavy this week is if that's the truth, if that's what Jesus really said, is that what Christians are known for? The way that we love? The way that we love our fellow Christians? Because I got to tell you that if you talk to, to pastors, they tell this joke that's kind of half sad and half truth. Said church would be great if it weren't for the people. If you talk to pastors who are burnt out, you know what they what they'll say is that they say, "I just, it's the people in the church 
they don't they don't know how to how to love how to act and and they think that they're right they think that they're following god they think that they're being true Brothers and sisters, let us love in such a way that it stuns the world. Let it be proclaimed with our every breath, our every moment, so that the world would know there is more, and that more is found in Jesus Christ. So that's the challenge this week, next week, your entire life. How can you proclaim the goodness of God with the ways that you treat people online, in person, everywhere you go, how are you demonstrating the true love of who God is? As Jesus would say, they will know you are my followers by the way that you love. Do people know that because of how you love? Or do they only know because you put a Christian symbol on your, your car or you wear a t-shirt or you talk about, oh yeah, I go to church. Do they know you for your love? God, may we be known this week for our love.